Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Before we get into tonight's episode, we want to remind all of those listening on Apple Podcasts to drop us a five-star review. It helps us grow as a podcast and build our audience. If you're listening on Spotify or any other platform, follow us, and don't forget to share with friends and family who might have a little bit of the strange in them as well. And while you're on those socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, be sure to find us, Fear and Beer Pod. Give us a like, share, and you can always message us. We'd love to interact with all you guys. (sighs) So... Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most anticipated movies of 2022. That would be Megan or M3gan or whatever they want to call this thing. So, before we this dive in, movie, shit stain. this is the movie where you, that TikTok video you did, Nick, of the dance. This is the movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, okay. that one. Got it, got it. So, before we completely dive into this movie, uh, there are a few things. We are joined by multiple guests today. One you have not seen in a little while, but Kevin has finally reemerged into the the killer view Hello. atmosphere. You make it sound like he crawled into a hole and disappeared. Well, we got to leave the people guessing. So, you know, <laughs> it's a man of mystery. And also, we grabbed one of our other cousins. <laughs> it's just a family affair tonight. Chris is going to be, Chris Hughes is going to be joining us as well on this podcast because. He had some thoughts on this movie, and we figured, you know, the more the merrier. So, might as well just jump on it. Why waste our amazing thoughts in this amazing movie (laughs) to record ourselves talking about how awesome it is? We're going to have very different opinions. I like the way (laughs) Seamus never tips his hand early. No, no, never, never. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll give away a little bit. I'm not going to have anything ironically nice to say about this movie tonight. (laughs) All right, so we tried. we are we are sort of reformatting our killer reviews so typically if you've listened to our killer reviews in the past we almost went scene by scene kind of stopped and talked and you know what that just it took a lot of effort to script up those things and i think that this format is a little bit more fun so we almost have it broken down into little segments of you know first we'll just kind of go into the movie information we'll jump into kind of what some of the critics said about this we'll give you our initial thoughts maybe some trivia and then we'll kind of get into what worked and what didn't work for this movie for us. So it's kind of a, a complete dissection, but not in a scene-by-scene format. So before we dive in, I grabbed a beer that sort of, no, it doesn't really tip my hand, but it sort of goes. Um, tonight, I have That Ish Cray. This is from Barrier Brewing Company. I picked this up at... Uh, Half Barrel Project. This is a New England hazy IPA, 7.2%. And Barrier Brewing is out of Oceanside, New York. Had a pretty cool little can art. It looks like, I don't know, like some kind of, there's a lion on there wearing a chain and a lion with glasses on. But I thought the that ish cray seemed fitting enough for this for this movie. Did anybody else have any other beers that are that are semi-themed or just beers in general. What are we? What are we drinking tonight, folks? Well, in, in an attempt to get as close to something themed, I found um, a from Bottle Logic. I found she shot first. I know there was okay. no gun-toting 
animatronics <laughs> in this movie, but I figured it was the closest I could find. So again, Bottle Logic, it's a tropical hazy IPA she shot first, and it's pretty damn good. I'm going to crack mine open now, too, while everyone goes through their beers. I'm not drinking beer at the moment, <laughs> and we're remote, so the audience already knows that I don't drink fancy beer when we're remote. <laughs> the silver bullet. No, I'm actually drinking um, the other one that you know the NFL made famous. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm drinking a Golden Road Mango card. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. It's a go, it's yeah, goes, it's a go-to go-to for me. God, everybody's drinking like good shit. I'm over here drinking. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I wasted an hour and 40 minutes of my life last night, so it's okay. <laughs> I need to just so, get drunk. Let's get into this. So, Megan, the 2022 horror, sci-fi, thriller, whatever you want to categorize this as, it was directed by Jared Johnston, who, from what I could find on IMDb, had a very limited directorial position i saw he did some indie in 2014 called housebound which seems to be his claim to fame this was written by akella cooper who wrote malignant a bunch of other random stuff i think she wrote i rate i think they wrote some avengers uh cartoons and they wrote one episode of american horror story so this was i can't i I can't handle the fact that you just told me that the writer of this movie wrote malignant because that makes me Question it's confusing everything it's... that happens in the world if you had told me that an ai ai wrote this movie i would have believed you if you had told me that someone <laughs> wrote into chat gpt give me the biggest chucky clone awful make no sense if you had told me that someone had done that i would have believed you but the fact that actual an actual human being wrote this movie makes me feel even worse and the story was done by james wan does that make it feel even worse no it makes it even that is... james what are you doing to me bud um, this is starring Allison Williams, who from Get Out was probably yeah, her biggest claim from. to fame. Yeah. Uh, Violet McGraw, who played young Nell in The Haunting of Hill House. And a oh, bunch that's of. Which... Yep. I, knew, yep. I couldn't pin her fate. I couldn't pin her down. Why was she all. We'll get into it. That's fine. And then a whole hodgepodge of just random characters just that random don't really act- matter. Character actors that we've never don't heard matter. Before. Yep, don't matter. Actually, no. Hold on. Her, her boss, David, is the dude from The Daily Show, isn't he? Or he was? I, bl- I believe so. He, uh, Ronnie Chang. He yeah. also played John John in Shang-Chi, the like fight director oh. of um, where Abomination fights. I didn't know that. Uh, Wong. He was, he was also in Crazy Rich Asians, I believe. Yep. I yep. Haven't a seen that, smaller that part sense. in Crazy Rich Asians, which. We'll get to his part in a in a moment, I think. Um, overall, I mean, it pains me to say this budget was $12 million and the worldwide gross was $172 million. Of course, it's a Blumhouse movie, dude. It's going to make a ton of money no matter what. It, it, they could literally make a monkey stirring shit and people <laughs> would go would pay money to see it because it's a Blumhouse movie. Mm-hmm. Because it is. And, and they also do the, the good pre-marketing. I mean, well, of course, I, I don't remember it so much before again, the movie came out, but the, the that TikTok dance, the um, mm-hmm. people dressed like Megan at all kinds of social events and stuff. They, mm-hmm. they, they yeah, the it's funny. Like, angle. I honestly thought it was a joke because the thing is, that I had first seen it when I, uh, I don't know, something, someone, something on YouTube, the ad before the YouTube video was this movie, and I thought it was fake. I didn't, re- I didn't realize it was a real movie up until like it, you know, started to pick up steam and was preparing to drop in theaters or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So I couldn't believe it when it was like, I think, I think Nick told me, he was like, Hey, yeah, you know, this is like a real movie. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not a real movie. Is it really? There's no chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, released in January, right. Which is notorious. Like when you release the films that the, the that the studios think are kind of going to bomb. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. Right after the Oscar a, push. If it's a, if it's a horror movie too, I mean, I wouldn't call this movie straight up horror anyways. I mean, it, I guess it is just by default, but if you release a movie like that in January, it's typically like, we don't know what this is going to do. It's kind of silly. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But again, I, it's Blumhouse. I mean, I gotta say, before we get into any uh, reviews or anything, I just remember the first time I saw anything about this movie, like maybe be some clips or some of the promotion. I just thought to myself, this is either going to be maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, or it's going to be the kind of movie that's so bad that it's good. But it's, yeah. it's going to be nowhere in between. Yeah, no, it's, and that was a big thing for this movie. And I guess we can, there's one little bit of trivia that I saw that kind of ties into what we're talking about is that this movie was filmed as an R rated movie, but then they were so close to a PG 13 rating that they went, they reshot some stuff and really geared towards that PG 13 rating to get that TikTok, that teen crowd. So the marketing of this movie was done very well. Because obviously it got a lot of people to watch it. You don't just make $172 million off of a $12 million movie by marketing it poorly. But I do remember, I think, I can't remember at this point which one came out first, Smile or Megan. But they both incorporated similar marketing strategies where I remember for Smile, they had people at like MLB games doing the weird smile. And that was just their ad. But same thing with Megan. They were all over TikTok and people were going to parties just dressed as Megan and same thing in crowds at sports games dressed as Megan and being on the Titan Tron. So it was brilliant marketing. I could say that for sure for them. And, and to that point where you said that they, they, they did do reshooting to make sure they stayed in that PG-13. I didn't notice it, but I saw some people online talking about you can see where it almost looked like there was voiceovers done to change certain words where it oh, like, probably didn't look like it matched. And like, that's not, that's not what they really said. And, yep. Yep. And I didn't so, notice that, but so it, that I don't know if they were going for PG 13 and then overshot it, or if it was originally going to be say an R and then the, the, the demographic that they were targeting with the social media and such, they said, you know what, we're probably going to do better off if we tone this down. Yeah, that's one of those two for sure. So I guess what we can jump into now is survey says, which is, I'm just going to go off of Rotten Tomato scores. This one will irritate Seamus. The critics gave Megan 93% and the audience is at 78. You finish. So I mean, that, I mean, I'm just those are the numbers. I, if you want to talk on the numbers while I look at some reviews, I'll pull up well, a, I mean, a couple of reviews. I mean, let's remember Rotten Tomatoes scores are not like it's not a rating of the movie. What it basically is telling us that 93 percent of the of the critics that have rated the movie uh, like this movie, which yes. I have to. I mean, how many uh, I have to look it up because I need to know how many critics how many critics rated this movie. There's, because there's over 300. So 93 percent of 300 plus <laughs> critics, 300 even liked this movie. It's certified fresh. <laughs> Sorry to yell, but how is this movie certified fresh? I love it. <laughs> so, clearly, clearly, another, cl- clearly, Seamus is not a fan of tonight's movie. So, you know, 
I, I apologize for all those all those listeners that you know wanted to hear everyone just like rave about this thing. You'll get that. Don't worry, yes, but you're gonna get a lot me. of yeah. You're gonna get a well, lot of um angry. But what surprises me about this is that this felt like one of those movies that like normally either it's gonna be a critic critic critical darling and the critics are gonna love it and the audience is gonna hate it. But the fact that it's like universally well received by the audience and loved by the critics blows my mind. I'm actually more surprised that it is loved by the critics, honestly. I would understand if audiences were like, this is so fun, I love it, but I I assumed the critics were going to bash it. I I 100% agree with you. I it blows me away that it's it's the, the fact that now I have to know like what is uh get out's current RT. Oh, I I'd, I'd have to Let's look find that out. out. All right, all right, it's ninety eight percent. It's still got a better rating than this movie does, as far as uh, Rotten Tomatoes is concerned. But yeah, yeah that some of the top blows me away. Yeah, some of the top critics, uh, Christy Lemire from Film Week, said, "I love this movie so much and had the absolute best time." Stephen Romay from the Australian. The ending is predictable as it is on a roller coaster, but it's a thrilling ride all the same. For for Juan's Atomic Monster Productions and Blumhouse Productions, it may be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it is across the board loved by critics. And like we said, Rotten Tomatoes is a little bit weird because, you know, a three out of five gets a fresh. So it's, it's right. It's because it's, it's, with these numbers, it's pretty safe to say it's overall a, a liked movie above them. So. Going right from then, let's let's go into an initial thoughts on this movie. After you finish <laughs> watching it, maybe the first time, and we'll kind of go around the horn. So uh, I'll just go from the list here. So Don't Kevin, what are, what are you? Okay. Yeah, Kevin, what, what are your what were your initial thoughts from this movie? Uh, I have to preface it by saying, which I say this with a lot of movies we review, I went in with pretty low expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it I, says a I, lot about us, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, there was no leprechaun, but uh, <laughs> I, and I forget who just said it earlier that it, it, that one of the I think one of the critics you said like said it was a fun movie. I think the word fun is it was I think it was fun. I don't. I mean, I came in low in that in the in the and that's in the context of I mean, it's the genre is technically I guess horror comedy, which there aren't really as many of those made now. So if you went into it looking for a horror film, I don't think you got that. But I think with going in with really low expectations, I, I think it was better than I, I expected. Yeah. All right. So let's jump to Chris, because I think there's going to be a line in the sand drawn after <laughs> the first <laughs> two and the, the second two. Drawn, yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, initial thoughts when you first saw this movie? Yeah. So I, the first time I saw this movie, I actually saw it in theaters uh, with a few of my <laughs> friends. You're and one I of think, the $172 million. I really think that uh, I think that, that heavily skews my opinion on it. Because I think that the whole this movie being fun, it's definitely the kind of movie that if I just watched it on my own at home, I would go, eh. But I think because that was my first exposure to it and the audience was laughing and I was with my friends and we were like, oh, this movie's so goofy. It made me enjoy it so much more. All right, Seamus, you want to you tee it yeah, up? You want, you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, um, well, let's, let's, let's get you out so of the way. I, think I've... I will preface this by saying that I think Chris is right. I think that if you would, if I had watched this movie in a theater with a bunch of friends and it was like, I'm going into this knowing it's going to be stupid, um, 
I probably wouldn't be so hard on it, but obviously I didn't do that. So I watched it at home alone last night. Um, so can I just ask quickly, did, did you go into it thinking it was more of a horror movie or did you know what you were getting? Uh, no, I knew exactly what I was going to get. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to say that. It makes me sound pretentious. No, I, I, I just have a feeling. I had a feeling just by the trailers and everything I had heard that I knew kind of this wasn't going to be for me. Um, and trust me, I go into all of these movies that we watch. I go into any movie I watch. I go into it and I try to keep an open mind and say, all right, I'm going to find pieces of this that I enjoy. And I even found something about this movie that I kind of liked. Uh, but it's minuscule. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, again, I don't want to dog it the whole time, but it's probably what it's going to end up sounding like is just me <laughs> dogging this movie the whole time. But uh, yeah, the writing was awful. Uh, I didn't, I, nobody was believable in this movie. Uh, the worst part is, is like I enjoy at least the two main leads. Um, I forget their names already, but the older actress from uh, Allison Williams. Allison Williams, I enjoy her um, in the few things that I've seen her in primarily get out in this, but I know she's been in a few other things and Nell, the little girl, uh, actress, Violet she's relatively pretty. She's pretty good. There were points in this movie points in this movie where uh, I wanted to throw her figuratively, like just <laughs> scream at her. Um, but that's besides the point. So I thought she did. I thought she did fine. Um, so the acting was fine. I, I didn't think there was anything majorly wrong with it, except for the fucking doll. <laughs> I, it, she was more irritating than anything else. Um, and the thing is, is that like if I, I, maybe this is my problem is I'm comparing it to things that I like and comparing to things in the past that I like and specifically with Chucky. But I don't know how you watch this movie and not compare it to Child's Play and or Chucky in any way because it's or Annabelle or yeah. well, Annabelle to a point. Annabelle at least is like primarily supernatural. This is a living, walking, talking doll that is you know, murdering people to me. It's, it, it was, it was lazy. It was like, this is, there's nothing new here. There's nothing that I didn't expect to happen. That was going to, Oh, they make an AI doll. Who's supposed to be the most advanced doll. And it, Oh, it, it's AI. So it's learning. It's, it's learning all these things and it's learning to hate people because it's supposed to latch onto one thing. It's like, I've seen this a million times. There's a movie that does this exact story so much better. And it's called ex machina. And if you haven't seen that movie, you need to go see that because that does this, but in so much such a better way, a smarter way. It 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 says things that this movie I think is trying to say. But if you're trying to have a message in a movie and and, and, and your movie is just goofy goofy and stupid, then it, it doesn't work. Like the message falls flat. Like there, I I know that I'm, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I think they're trying to push a message in this movie a little bit and. It would work if they took it serious, but they clearly didn't take this serious in any way. Um, so suffice it to say, I didn't like this movie. I will never go back to it. And um, I hope that James Wan learns his lesson, but maybe he won't. I don't know. But I don't want to put it on him because it's just his production company. And it's just yeah. his production company. It, you know, I don't know. I. It was a rough watch. <laughs> and I'm sure you yeah. have like, specific lines that you're going to bring up. And I know there's lines in this movie that uh, I was screaming at my TV. Going, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, whatever. I digress. <laughs> yeah. So I wish that the Megan AI could scan me during this movie so it could actually tell me my emotional state of 
what it was that I felt during this movie because there's not really words yet described. Um, anger, disgust, sadness is probably on there. Irritation. Um, I hate this fucking movie so much. Um, I want to cut my eyes out and step on them. I'm so like, and I think more of it is the pressure that we've had rumors now that this is going to be incorporated in the Blumhouse house rumored at oh, Horror Nights. I've had opinions about that too. Um, uh, that probably pay, that plays a big part into it. I yeah, want to. I went, in, I, went in, I went into this with absolutely nothing expected. And if you, and if you, no, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. If if that's weighing on, like not weighing, but if like if that's what you know you have in the back of your mind, then you're holding this to a standard of other yeah. houses that it then, then in that context, yeah, it would have mm-hmm. then yeah, you're that that might explain a little bit of it. Yeah, so, I gotta say, as the one on here who's going to die on the <laughs> Megan Hill, I will defend <laughs> Megan. I do have to say though, as as a house or as any sort of appearance at Horror Nights, it. That that might be where it loses me. I could see how that it would it would take a lot of work to make it work. Mm-hmm. I, now, I yeah. Now I like bad movies. I really enjoy bad movies, um, but there's a distinct difference between like bad, hokey, funny movies that I'm I'm sort of they know that I'm laughing with them. Well, it's it's exactly what Chris said earlier, where there's either like good movies or there's you know movies that are so bad that they're good and that's what you're going at it's like the yeah, sure. movie schlock i mean we yes. watched some really bad movies right and exactly and had and had a great time exactly, right? exactly. yes exactly because and and that's my point where it's like it's weird because like i'm treating this this movie like a person where like i can't really read it so i don't know if it knows that i'm laughing with it which in that case it's a good bad movie or if it actually thinks that it's funny and good, and it, it thinks I'm laughing with them. And I, and I don't think well, that's see, the case. I think they think the I'm thing, laughing with them, and I'm not. To go along that thought, the thing about this movie specifically is that I don't think it knows what it wants to be. Like, I think they were going at it like, we want this to be like a horror comedy. Okay, well, your comedy fell flat. Nothing made me laugh. And your horror wasn't horrifying, and it wasn't scared. Um, yes. There, you either, if you're going to go horror comedy, you have to go horror comedy. You can't be like wishy-washy with it. You can't have like, oh, here's the funny side character who no. speaks in a funny Asian accent and he's the big angry boss and he says funny things. And we'll go, oh, yeah. that doesn't work because that, to me, that's that's that, that's lazy. Like, yeah. Either jump in the pool or don't stop. Have, dipping have, the all your, have all your actors not, not necessarily be specifically comedic actors, but like at least have your actors kind of have a toe in that world in some way. Yeah. Like, I think all it would take really is one good comedic relief character, which this movie didn't really feel it like didn't it have. had. And I think like, they wanted like, David to be that character, and he well, wasn't. Get Out, for example, isn't even meant to have that much comedy. It just has the inherent comedy of a horror Agreed. movie. But even the, the the friend, the guy that works at the airport, he's yeah. perfect. That's all they right. needed was exactly. just someone like him. No, 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 yeah. 100%, because he plays that relief character where – you use that almost as like, you know, we're, we're going to terrify you. We're going to make you feel super uncomfortable. We want you to be on the edge of your seat, but we want to give you that relief where you can kind of like feel like it's like almost like a, like a hug during a horror movie. It sounds weird to say it like that, but like he's like the guy like, all right, when we're with him, we're probably safe and we yeah, can laugh and a little bit. It's that real world break 
where you know it, it is kind of good to compare this with Get Out because I think there are some similarities. But with that character we're talking about, you know, there's those things where he's on the phone. He's like, "Oh, it's a secret sex cult," and it's like that's completely outside the world, like into the but real he world. Where he's thinking about that, and that's what but, makes it funny. But if there was that character in here that was like, "Oh, there's a killer robot," like th- this is ridiculous. Like you know, like looking at it as a real spot versus being like Correct. afraid of this. You know, and it's I just think- nobody. You have to take it so yeah, it takes itself so serious. It needs right. a character in there to break that up and not take it so serious. I'll give him. I'll give him this. I think they were trying to go with that with her coworkers, or at least the the the, the male coworker. I don't know. I don't yeah. know their names. It's how irrelevant these characters are. But he was kind of supposed to be that character. I think a little bit, but they didn't do it enough, or he just wasn't good enough to to pull mm-hmm. it off. That um, and the boss's like aid. Oh yeah, but yeah, and again, but he like, was just like goofy. He wasn't necessarily going to make anybody laugh. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it's like you know, I thought they were going to kind of like, all right, I'm like, all right, maybe they will get a little interesting with this when he steals the date, when he steals the files for Megan. I'm like, oh well, maybe this is going to get out and in then, the world and, and they completely drop oh, that storyline. And like, then, yeah, it went nowhere, yeah, literally yeah. nowhere. It, all it was was it was to play a line for the damn doll to be like, you 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 you're stealing your fucking bios. Oh, you did kill him, huh? And slashes his throat. Like, what? what? <laughs> I look, I know I'm I, look, listen, of the four of us, I am the most pretentious movie person here. We all know this. We've talked about this in multiple killer review episodes. Um, and I definitely probably look into movies a little bit harder than everyone else does, but I just if if if, if I can't buy into what's happening from this from the get-go, or at least within the first 15 minutes. You've already lost me. Like last night, yeah. like I wasn't even twenty minutes in. I was like, I'm already done. I'm out. <laughs> but I had to watch it because I knew yeah. I knew we were going to talk about it. So like I didn't want to like watch twenty minutes and be like I didn't finish it. Yeah. But um. Yeah. I mean, I I like I, said, I I tried. I tried desperately to get what they were going for. But like Nick was saying, I just don't think that they they knew what they were doing. No. I think no. they were so, just like. Yeah, it's know. it's tough. So wrapping up like our initial thoughts, let's let's kind of break up this before we dive even deeper into the movie. And I know Kevin, you usually have a a a whole notepad full of trivia about this movie. Do you have anything in particular that you you found interesting enough? No, the only thing that I had noticed we had already talked about where it's I thought found it interesting that they intentionally toned it down. Um, I mean, I would like to see what did it what would the movie deliver if we saw the untoned down version? Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you this much. There's an unrated version of it on Peacock and it wasn't very unrated. Yeah. I watched that one as well. And I didn't really notice the difference because I think the first time I initially watched it was the normal version, which God, I'm such an idiot. I bought this movie knowing we were going to talk about it. I bought it like two weeks ago on on one of the apps and then it was like oh it's now streaming on peacock it's like yeah of course it is <laughs> why not yeah great make me pay 25 dollars for this garbage. That's how they got you <laughs> you're part yeah. of the 170 million <laughs> yeah um yeah I, i've i've been looking through trivia and there's really just like honestly not much interesting a lot of it's about the marketing campaign which we sort of hit upon a lot of it's about how this was originally shot as an r-rated movie but then doled down because they they targeted you know they zoned in on their target audience which then that's you're talking about numbers i mean think about it that if that, this was that, r it would probably made like 80 less. million 
Right. I mean, that's the yeah. thing is like, is, is, is the difference between a PG 13 and an R rated movie in that, in that world by profit or whatever, like is a huge difference. If it had been R rated, you would have made less than half of what they made. Yeah. Well, especially this movie specifically targeting that audience, you know, it, they found their 100%. audience and said, you know, we can't really, you know, just disregard that information and, you know, not let these people come see this movie. So that was a smart decision on their part. So, Let's get into what worked for this film. Does anybody want to kick off what what like worked for them for this film? Yeah, so right off the top, I want to say maybe doubles as tribute, maybe not, but I thought it worked really well the way that they essentially created Megan. Instead of going like full CGI, they had her actually acted by an actress mm-hmm. and then interestingly voiced by a different actress. Um, and then also obviously throughout the movie, the face is a lot of CGI. And I think that that combination of a human performance mixed with the CGI elements of the facial expressions really helped with just the uncanny Valley feelings that she gave off at times. Cause the movie's never truly scary, but there are a couple moments where I think even when Kevin and I were watching it, we both just kind of went like, Oh, that's, that's creepy. Just the way she moves and the way she looks. And I think that at the very least for a horror movie, they nailed that sort of uncanny Valley aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything Kevin that, I mean, what, what worked for you for this movie? So a couple things first, back to what Chris was saying that when they, when she does that, almost like on all four creepy like very reminiscent of like when they do like a lot of demons in horror flicks mm-hmm. she does that creepy quick run on all four yeah that, that that to me like i'm like okay that like and that's why chris brought it up we were watching it together when he watched it for his second time seamus not just his first um <laughs> hey she does that everyone creepy. has something they enjoy man loved it just as much the second time too <laughs> that, that, that creepy part so um i i think what worked for me and I think what I'm realizing as we talk is that I accepted it as not a horror, not even as a horror comedy, the, the dynamics between, uh, you know, Gemma and the, and the, what was the girl's name again? Caddy or Katie, 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 Katie and Megan. I found it very, I found that entertaining and interesting. Um, and, and to point that out, like at one point, um, I'm watching the dynamic shift and how it starts out where like uh, Megan's kind of like the second parent and they'll remind your kids. And then at one point, like that starts to the, the movie moved slow and they did that, I think to like really slowly progress the relationships mm-hmm. almost too slow. Um, but the point I'm getting at to this is the scene where um, the, 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 the girl has her cup and it's not on a coaster. Oh yeah. And like and they like they're showing Gemma, they're showing Megan, and this is where Megan would say, "Oh, use a coaster." And she mm-hmm. just and Megan just looks at it and looks away. And I'm and, I, and that's when I'm taking away like the the relationship, the dynamics, the shift. I I think they put a lot of thought into not not a lot of thought in writing, but I mean, I think I enjoyed the dynamic shift of they they slowly worked Megan from. I'm just your second parent. I do everything right to how she slowly turned on Gemma. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's the Frankenstein thing, right? Like the, yeah. the creation turns on the creator. Mm-hmm. So 
I think what what was good about this was I I bought into watching that play out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seamus, what's your short list of things that worked for you? <laughs> uh, the doll was creepy <laughs> in certain scenes. No, I mean uh, to be to be fair and to be and and not to, not to be a dick. Like I'm be honest. I thought I thought the effects of the don't worry. James were... Wan's not going to listen to this. <laughs> no, I, I know. I. I, I can only hope. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the doll was creepy in a lot of in a lot of scenes, especially the scenes like at night, like in the darkness when she's kind of sitting in the corner of the room, like that. If you have like a a doll fear or a dummy fear, kind of like I do, <laughs> that can be that works somewhat. Um, but then again, you know, <laughs> they ruin it with some, a lot of the crap that they do. But that that worked. Um, I think having the actress, I think what they did was, I think she must have been some sort of like. I don't want to say like a. I'm trying to think what the term is, but like they usually have have actors that can come in and do like weird movements with their body. Oh, she's like she's primarily like a, a stunt torsionist or something, believe, like yeah. a stunt type of person. So like they could, that's what they could capture like the running stuff and the way she walked and the way she moved in some ways, uh, and do that like that back thing where she kind of like leaned back and came up yeah. with her legs. Like that's all real acting that wasn't CGI. Oftentimes um, they're like people who do ballet or gymnastics Correct. too so they yeah. can like contort their bodies in strange ways right so that i thought was cool i mean i thought some of that was cool uh, but other than that there's really nothing in this that worked for me I, the thing is is like i wanted i wanted to look at it kind of like how kevin looked at it where it was you know i could see the family dynamic and how it kind of it kind of mirrors the real like a real family in a lot of ways and some and you know how things can kind of change between both parental figures in the, in the house. And, but the problem is, is like, for me, you see that coming a mile away. Like, Oh, she's again, she's an AI. She's going to grow attached to this one, to the kid. And then she's going to like protect the kid in a way and murder people because of it. And I don't know. I just, she's, I have a hard time with movies that for one, don't give you a reason to like, fear the character and i'm not saying that like that's not scary the fact that like an ai robot can just walk around and murder people um that's pretty you know that would be pretty scary if it happened in real life but like i guess my point is is like when we get to the part where she brings her to the outdoors school thing the weird school thing or whatever and mm -hmm. they literally did that so they could set up the kid getting pushed into a truck like that that whole thing is just set up for that and he's just a shitbag <laughs> but there's no redeeming quality about this child. What I'm supposed to care. One of like my 50, notes is really good, bad slash mean kid. Like seventeen, <laughs> like he's like a seventeen year old, seven year old. <laughs> Granted, she's also like a fifteen year old, seven year old too. But that's besides the point. Like I have a seven year old, and that's definitely way above a seven year old. But either way, like I don't like it when it's like, oh, he's gonna be a victim, but you already hate him because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, so you don't right? feel bad. It takes out all this the one, emotional and attachment. Again, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're. You have to make him like a, a character that you like. He can be a shit bag, but he doesn't need to be like so overtly shitty that like you're like, oh, cool, please kill him. Like it's the same yeah. with the neighbor and the dog. Like, oh, kill that dog, kill that neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I guess they did. They did need him to be like the bully prototype in order to justify I Megan guess so. attacking him. But they easily could have still had. They could have just had it seem like it's going to turn back on Gemma or something like. Yeah. The cops kind of brushed it over so much that it's like a non-consequential -co kill, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
my little list of what worked. Um, I do. I did enjoy how it was shot. You know, a lot of these new horror movies are. You can kind of tell immediately what kind of overall tone you're going to get. And it was almost a comfortable feeling. You know, there was really no like super dark moments like film wise. It was just shot very somatically and it, it didn't have some of those other qualities like uh, like Barbarian, for example, was shot very good and clear. And then when you get to the, the later half of the movie, it gets more very it's very dark in tone. It switches to nighttime a lot more and stuff like that. So I I do enjoy that. The, the aspect that it was shot well, but I think the flip side of it was that they didn't really capitalize on on that direct shift of it changing. They just kind of kept the same tone all the way through. So meaning um, like as the as the as the character Megan started to change, you think if they had slowly changed the cinematic feel, it would have brought everything together. I, I think it would have pulled. I don't. I don't know if it would pulled everything together, but I think it would have. <laughs> you know what I mean. I, yeah, I. I think it would have tied some of the the story in a little bit closer, if that makes sense. Which actually, seeing how this is a James Wan film, I actually think they did that great in *Malignant*. Mm-hmm. As the whole sort yep. of like big quote unquote secret unravels, and you get into that final act of the movie, the the way that they filmed it and the cinematography shifts in a way to reflect the way the story changes, and I think that they could have done that again here. Correct, and that's what I was sort of waiting for, and then ultimately I just never got it. But I think Allison Williams did her best with this part. I think some of my what didn't works are other actors and actresses that seemingly phoned it in or just didn't understand what they were doing. But I think Allison Williams did a good job with what she had. It's such a ridiculous pitch to be like, Hey, this is the movie. Well, I think we've talked about this before in other specifically Blumhouse movies is they, I think they go all out and splurge in one actor. And then they bring in a whole bunch of like local people that are like stage actors that are trying to get like a job. Yeah. I mean, Blum is That's always budget. Yeah. He's open and talking it, about yeah, how he's, right. yeah, he's trying to keep his budget as low as possible. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And then this movie yeah. I think is, is when it doesn't. Yeah. I do. I did like the aspect of when Megan sort of went, out of protocol and started like searching more information. It, it reminded me, I started thinking of Ultron from Avengers. And, and I feel like, again, that was a really good direction they could have gone into. And it didn't, it just kind of, no, it's again, finish. it's one of those things where like they, they make a point like in the dialogue to say something about it, but then they don't really do anything with it. And there's really no reason. Yeah. For, I mean, I guess there is a reason for it, but like, with the whole like, you know, I'm trying to think like when she was like looking through the pictures or whatever and realizing that like, oh, she's been like turning her turning her recording device off and yeah. uploading it to the cloud because this is like, again, written by a fucking chatbot. But that's besides the point, <laughs> um, uh, you know, moments like that where you're like, all right, I'm getting some of this without having to get it through some idiot character telling me it. Just but then like it, yeah. everything else is just like, you know, they have to talk it's one of those movies where it's like, you know, we're going to be techno speak for the sake of being techno speak because we're technical and everybody's technical and all the zoomers are going to love this because it's technical. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Don't be ridiculous because when you, when you, when you write like that, you takes people out of it. At least, I mean, again, that's me. It takes me out of it. So like, you're right. I think they could have gone down some of that a little bit further. I'm like, go into the whole AI starting to literally like think for itself and, 
do this and do that. But then it's like, you know, they, they, they start off by saying, well, this is a really advanced AI and she's going to be able to self-learning and all this thing. So they basically established that that was the goal with this thing. That's what they did. And then like halfway through the movie, they're like, well, no, it's supposed to be random words that it feeds together in a word salad and make it look like it's talking to you. It's like, well, hold on a minute. You can't, ha- you can't be one thing and then another. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it so smart that it's learning and it's, and it's doing this thing and it is, but then like you can't have a character halfway through the movie just be like, well, she wasn't, she's not supposed to like have actual conversations. What do you mean? Like that's exactly what she was exactly made. Exactly what you did. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the one thing that I had to consciously excuse continuously while watching this was the technology part. Oh, yeah. The because, awful. because, because the, the, the advanced part of the AI that this Megan had for that to exist, the rest of the world around them would have had to have advanced far more. Meaning, so like everything else in you know the world in this movie seems to be at today's technology. And this AI is something that could happen, but it's so far down the road that the rest of technology would have advanced. And and if that when that technology gets to that point. I doubt the toy industry is where it surfaces. Yeah, it's it, but, this is a I, this is a military thing. This yeah, is no, not no, a toy. We all, <laughs> you know, they did this better in movies where soldiers. you have to you have to like you have to suspend a little bit of reality in every movie. So uh, that's yeah. the one thing though that I had to like say, okay, if if this if this level of AI came into existence, by that point, technology in our entire daily lives would be further and. I don't think a single engineer writing code in a toy factory is going to be the one that 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 brings it, you know, to the forefront. But yeah. again, you know, midget leprechauns can't attack trains either. But you know, yeah, we've, we've sat through those movies. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, is like I can I, I can I can excuse things being fantastical in a movie because movies aren't real for the most part. I mean, unless I'm watching a historical biopic or something like that. You know, I don't I, I expect some, you know extraordinary type of thing but i also expect it to be grounded in reality and not sound like again somebody who has no idea what they're talking about right like, it sounds like the person that wrote this movie has never used a computer f- for more than like typing up a word document like <laughs> I, I i i i'm trying to explain this in a way you can understand what i'm talking about the way they just force feed like keywords into the into the dialogue like when she says the whole thing well, she, she's failing to upload it to the cloud like that what yeah. like yeah. it's just, it's lines like that like when they like when they're overtly just trying to be technical to sound technical like you don't yeah, sound guess, technical you do sound i guess i'm just immune to that by now because that that takes place in every tv show and every movie yeah. every day for me, yeah so. and maybe that's it maybe 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 i'm just i don't I tend to stay away from mass market general tv shows like on like like the mr robots of the world and that sort of shit like i, I try to stay away from some of that stuff because it just doesn't interest me well as a and, sidebar when mr like i'm the guy that like when there's a scene and there's like code on the screen and i, I actually try to read it and it's like that's nothing to <laughs> oh yeah talking about. but i'll just say you brought up mr robot that's the one show that when i would like analyze what's on the screen whoever their like technical technology advisors were were good because a lot of times it was it was really what they were talking about so well let me let me let me use let me use swordfish as the example then because you know it's kind of the point i'm trying to make is that some of these movies like this one specifically is i think they i I just think that they 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 
you got to have a better writer. You got to have a better writing team. And I don't want to dog the writer because she, again, if she wrote Malignant, she knows what she's doing or he knows. Well, I don't know who it was, but whoever did it knows what they're doing. But I just it felt January, like this one, man, it was a throwaway. No, yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, I don't like that. See, I hate that because it's like if, if people are going to give you their hard earned money and you're just going to like no, treat it I, like it's I'm like sure it's it really nothing, wasn't, but I, it just drives me nuts. And then I don't know. I, I'm glad I didn't go to the theater and see this. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't spend 15, 20 bucks on a oh, movie. You might have a different, cost now. You might have I a think you maybe you would have enjoyed it. You would have had a great uh, day. You would have walked. Know. You would have been like me walking out of the theater going, man, that thing's going to make maybe, a million yeah. dollars. Maybe. But ask Nick yeah. how, like how, how he feels about midsummer and how I feel about midsummer. And we both oh, saw yeah. it in the theater. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then the last thing for that, like what worked for me, and then we can start getting into what didn't work. The last thing that I really worked for me was when Megan got attacked by the dog. And I wish that that could have happened the entire movie. <laughs> so what didn't work? <laughs> okay. The list. Almost everything. Uh, so the list. I And like I said, I watched the movie and kind of just put little bullet points of scene by scene. So I guess us going through this list will sort of be in vain of how we normally did things because there's a lot on this list. Um, well, what did, boy, oh, the boy. thing is, is what didn't work for some, one of us probably worked for someone else. So y'all, yeah. So I, we'll, we'll kind of have a, a, a small discussion, I guess on each one of these, these pieces, but yeah, because I'm sure, I, I mean, just from, just from the get go with the perpetual pets, intro, like, Oh, clean up on aisle seven. <laughs> I just, that actually worked for me. Oh, it irritated me to, to no end. So I guess we I just, do disagree a little bit because yeah, I think I, like when that when that started and that came up, I was like, for the initial ten minutes, I was like, oh okay, all right, I kind of see what they're doing here. I kind of see where they're going with this. This is funny. This is kind of goofy, but it also feels real because like it looked just like a Furby. Yeah, and um, I get they were like taking a dig at like the toy companies, but like you could have just made it just a a little bit more believable, but that these were actually like top selling to, you know, th- they're creepy as hell. They just, they crap out fake little turds and they like laugh at you. Like that, at least make it bro. Furby was so one of the biggest people... toys in the nineties, man. Like I know. Was... And I had one, but it didn't like poop. Like it didn't literally oh, they have baby everywhere. dolls. They have baby dolls nowadays that shit and piss. So, I mean, oh, and they had them then. Maybe too. I'm just disconnected from toys that, well, that you might be kids, a big so thing. I yeah. So that. like, like, so I guess from that perspective, yes, I would agree with you that like for someone like you, it probably would take you out of it a little yeah. bit. But for someone like me, like I kind of understand what they were, go- what I thought they were going with it. But then like they didn't really do a whole lot with it. It was really just to set up the idea that she's supposed to be working on like the next version of that. Yeah. And also set up the whole mother and father dying and the yeah. kid. and Which is my next, my next point was the predictability factor of it. You know, oh, they're, yeah. they're driving in the snowstorm and, Oh, we just we can't just wait until one of those snow truck comes. When could that be? It's like, oh, like, oh, again, yeah. it's, it's, that's what I'm talking about. Lazy writing, man. It was lazy it was very writing. lazy writing. I was actually within like the first ten minutes of the movie. I was just kind of keeping a list of like how many tropes they were running through, how quickly yeah. they were. Cause I was like, Oh, the, the typical, like let's start our movie with the distracted driving. What could possibly go wrong here? Yeah. And dead parents. Now we got an yeah. orphan child and then they bring yeah. you over to Gemma's story and it's like, Oh, here's the douchey loud boss with this goofy assistant. And I was like, man, yeah. they're checking them all off the list. 
Well, yeah, don't so the part where they're at the like the day camp and they're like, "Okay, kids, we're all gonna head out into the woods alone with baskets to look, <laughs> yeah. to look for chestnuts or whatever." Yeah, chestnuts, <laughs> apparently, like, are all spiky. <laughs> yeah, um, I mentioned it earlier, but Ronnie Chang, who played the the boss, I just I felt like he, he phoned this in completely. Yeah, I and, and it was disappointing because he was great in Shang Chi. And from what I remember in Crazy Rich Asians, I mean, he's a great actor. And I just felt that I, I feel like he took the the job without looking at the script, read the script and was like, oh, what the fuck? Well, no, he, I'm sure it was one of those deals where like he saw Blumhouse and was like, oh, they're pretty big. Like, you know, I want to try to maybe get into a little bit more character acting and movie acting. So this is a good avenue for me to go into. And they're probably yeah. looking for funny boss. That's probably, yeah. that's probably what they were looking for. Funny boss who is quirky and can be a, you know, uh, kind of douchey, not supposed to like you, but at the same time, like I, it just, it didn't work. I think I said earlier, like he was supposed to kind of be that comment, that comedic sidebar, that relief somewhat mm-hmm. to this movie. And it, he's so over the top that it's like, it just didn't, it just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And that could be a disconnect between him and the writing. That's or- what I think. Or another theory I have is that I know he's a stand-up comedian. I haven't I haven't seen any of his other work as an actor, is, yeah. but I've I have heard stand-up comedians say that sometimes that crossover can be awkward because being mm-hmm. funny on a set off a script mm-hmm. is so different than being funny stand-up right, on a stage. So maybe that transition led to sort of like a weird translation. It could be a combination of things, but that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. I mean Chris when I, Chris and I were watching it, I was like, I don't I can't put my finger on it, but there's something something off with his delivery of his lines. And that's when Chris said maybe it's because his delivery is used to being stand up comedic comedy. Yeah. I mean if you think about it, he's kind of like this generation's um I forget I forget the guy's name, but he was he was in he, he kind of got famous off of um, the Hangover. What is his name? Oh, I forget his name. Oh, I know I know the character you're talking about. Yeah, I don't... but I think it's kind of that same idea where they were kind of trying oh, to uh, go for that. Zach Galifianakis? No, not even Zach. Uh, uh, Ken, Ken Helms. Jong. Ken, Ken, Jong. Ken, Ken, oh, Jong. Ken Jong. Ken Jong. Yeah, and no, I'm not comparing it because they're both Asians. But what I'm saying is that like. He's he was that, that side character that's that just so outrageous. Funny character, which I think he, no offense Can to do. him, seems like a pretty decent guy, pretty decent actor. But he's a character, not a character. He's 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 a typecast character. You know, yeah. you, you you cast him to play that type of character. Yeah, he doesn't and have he, a whole lot of. He doesn't have a whole lot of range. Breath, range, I guess, is yeah. my point, and which would have worked again if this movie went totally in that direction but when you have every character playing this movie straight and he's the guy that's not playing it somewhat straight and if he is trying to play it straight he's doing a terrible job of it um especially at the end by the time where he meets his demise like that was the goofiest scene one of the goofiest scenes in the movie um yeah but that's kind of the that's kind of where i'm going with it i feel like him and his assistant were so out of place in what they were trying to do as far as i can tell yeah the um, another thing that just it was like the, another instance of this movie just not really knowing what it wanted to be was when we got hit with that almost 80s style montage of when Gemma just fixed and built Megan in like overnight oh, yeah. to present yeah. to the Couldn't boss. Couldn't get it to work in an actual lab, but 
at Don't home worry. and then as soon as and it even cued in like 80s like synthy music yep. over it and i was like is this fucking a rocky training montage like what it, well hey, it's, it's this movie maybe, maybe it's a bit of social commentary on just how effective workers can be when you allow them to work <laughs> from the comfort of their home oh I mean, yeah right i, mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> which again Bring that point home, then. If that's one of the <laughs> aspects of the movie you want to do, then just do it. Um, another point that I just I wanted to like just punch myself in the face was when Megan was reading. I think it was Alice in Wonderland, and she had oh, that she accent, voice. and she did the British voice. I just I, I I was like staring at my TV in disbelief that this was a thing. This was like actually happening. It was infuriating. Um, oh God, the list goes on and on. So I'm sorry that I'm going to rant on all these things, but some of them are more short than others. But M- Megan, the singing scene when they're trying to show off the prototype, and that's when we finally like, get the first emotion of Katie. Like, oh yeah, my parents died. I'm sad. So then Megan just like sings, and then all the executives start crying and like clapping and that was and that was just a, another point in this movie where it's like i mean her parents died and, and and the main character's sister died and it's not even an emotion that's really shown you know katie shows it maybe twice and i don't think the sister ever really i don't ever feel that from her that no. there's any pressure on her like oh shit i have a pretty big job i'm inheriting my my sister's kid who's her and her husband are dead now. Like I didn't feel any of that, like pressure, the financial pressure, the stress of loss, the grief. I never got that. And that was, they tried, they tried to do that a little bit. Again, I think with everything, there was so many things that they wanted to, to do, but Mm -hmm. they didn't do any of it enough. And that's one of the things where they really, they, they kind of started, they tried to do that a little bit, you know, a lot of the shit with the therapist and them together, you know, they tried to kind of put it out there that, you know, this is going to be hard on both of them because one just lost her parents and the other one, you know, has inherited basically a child that, you know, she was not ready for, wasn't ready for, wasn't ever going to be ready for, Uh, you know, if you wanted to like say that like the sisters had a strained relationship, there was zero of that. At all, we didn't hear about it. We don't know about it. Yeah, no. I mean, they, they, it took it took a character saying something in the dialogue about you know, well, how what is your relationship with your sister like? And they don't ever really say anything about it. You just have to assume that they had a pretty strained relationship. It, yeah. Um, the bully scene in the woods, like, so what? What? Sc- what kind of school is this? This is a school, <laughs> like a replacement for schools, right? I didn't I miss like interpret what they were trying to give me. Th- yeah, this is a school, I, I guess so. And then the parents, yeah, okay. Sandwiches. It's one and of the they, they're, they're like uh, what do they call them? Unschooled. Like they're used to be homeschooled, but nowadays pe- parents like, are saying that they're unschooling their kids. So is this a thing? School. Is this like, like a real thing? No maybe this is an alternative where like we're gonna teach them how to like find berries. Yeah, I don't know. Live off the land. Yeah, and and why did they all? Adventure. Yeah, it's pretty much just like boy and girl scouts as a, a school, I guess now, but why, yeah. why did every single child, why is, why was there a five foot teddy bear on the bench? <laughs> oh, because the kids like, bring their gigantic toys to school camp. Like, 
it's thing. I I don't know well, because that they meant- needed to establish that shot that oh, Megan's missing Megan's from the pile. She's missing from the the ten foot fucking brown bear stuffed animal. You know what it um, was? I think it's literally they needed to set up a scene where she kills a bully in the woods with magical fog that just shows up for no reason, <laughs> and but also do it in a way where it's like, did I really kill him or did he fall in front of a truck? Like, yeah, that, that uh, whole better, thing was in a better place now. Yeah, yeah, that, right. Yeah. I, no will say, I will boy. say that one scene where she's like, "But he is in a better place, right?" She's like, "No, that kid definitely went to hell." And then yeah. singing "Bulletproof" by Sia, oh, I got, oh, I got a laugh. I got a laugh in the theater. I will say well, that was my oh, second I, I, yeah. next note where I was like, "I just don't get it." She breaks out into titanium. Yep, just how I absurd get- it! The absurdity oh. of it. It really it it landed in the room. On the but day, back, you should have yeah. been there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But back in the wood, the there. wood scene. So this was a scene that we did mention before, where she's like crawling or running on all fours, which it looked, looked it looked creepy. But what took me out immediately was there's like horse hoof sound effects over it. <laughs> oh, it's the like sound, a, the sound, like a galloping movie. sound. Like, I was like, is it fucking Monty Python with coconuts clanking them together? Like, what are what are we doing here? This is that's fucking just one, ridiculous. It's just one scene. There are so many scenes in this movie with like the goofy, ridiculous. The sound um, killed it for this sound, movie. Like sound effects, which again, maybe, maybe when she threw the kid's ear. The whoosh sound. <laughs> the, 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 the whoosh. Why did they have to put a whoosh in it? Like just you just reminded leave me alone. Of I screamed out loud while I was watching this movie. Why is there a whoosh when she throws his ear? I don't understand. You guys are saying all this like they're negative things. <laughs> I, just, well, like, I, I wanted to know why did his ear stretch like a foot? I know. Like gum. Like gum. Gumby. Oh, because it, it, it's and, and again, it just goes back to the same point is this movie has no fucking clue what it wanted to be. Does it want to be yeah. an 80s body horror movie? Does it want to be a schlocky? This is ridiculous movie. Is it want to be a sci fi movie? Does it want to like, be a big brother style movie? It has no fucking clue. Well, this this and in, 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 in to to be a little less ridiculous with it. To me, this is part of where I really don't like it is I think that they just carped so many things from other things. Like they wanted this to be like the next Chucky. Oh, the female Chucky. Yeah. Like we're going to make a girl. Chucky. This generate this generation. It needs Chucky. to be a girl and a boy thing of everything. Well, we already had one. We have bride of Chucky. No, well, not really. Cause that was a Chucky yeah. movie with, with yeah. for Tilly. But what I mean is that you needed a, they needed to make a movie where Chucky was a girl instead of a boy. And she was the main bad guy slash, you know, yeah, I mean, if that was the intent, then they totally missed the mark. I don't, my yeah. guess is they weren't shooting for that. That this, I don't, I don't, you can't I don't tell think, me that they weren't. Because oh, you, you think really so? Like, I, it's this. It's, it's I think this, it's so far out of that thing. genre that it's it couldn't be that. But if it is, it's, then yeah, yeah, they get an F minus on hitting that. Well, because the thing is, is everything about everything about at least the later Chucky movies. Like when you went from Child's Play to the Chucky movies, it got it just goofier. It got it got more self aware, but. Like Nick and I were talking about it when we, when we reviewed Bride of Chucky, they they did it better because it's one of those things where like we're gonna be ridiculous with this. We know it's gonna be funny. We know it's gonna be stupid. So we're just gonna go into that. We're gonna lead into that and lean into that a lot more. Where this one, it's like they they leaned into it just enough, but then pulled it back and wanted to be serious again. And to me, that's like you can't have it both ways. You yeah. I, 
if you're gonna make me, if you're gonna try to make me laugh at the most ridiculous shit, like a whoosh when the kid when she throws a <laughs> fucking ear, if you're gonna try to make me laugh at that and then be like, oh, but this is really scary and spooky, and she's 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 she's, she's trying to hurt everybody, that she's gonna hurt everyone, she's gonna be self aware, and they're gonna make millions of these dolls and take over the earth. What do you want me to do? Like, what is what is the emotion you want from me? Do you want me to be? Haha, this is amazing. This is so stupid. Ah, or do you want me to be like, ooh, this is scary. I should be, I should worry about this. Right. And I will admit, I think they kind of, they might've set themselves up for a tough challenge. Cause when you think about it, it, it's pretty hard to make a movie like this good where it's horror, but it's technically not really horror. Cause it's not yeah. scary. It's not too funny. So where do you really enough to be a comedy? Yeah. Where do you put your strength in a movie like this? The only other kind of movie I can think about this where it, it is horror, but it's also kind of not horror would be like a Tucker and Dale versus evil. And I think right. they did it really well. No, that was a it's, good like, it's like a non horror where they, that's very that's like Shaun of the Dead, like very common. Yeah, like strictly, yeah, that's what they were going for, and that, and that and, but and, they didn't have anything to anchor on. Like Tucker and Dale vs. Evil does what it does so well. Yeah. This movie just kind of spread itself so thin that it didn't do any particular thing well enough for you to cling on to that. I yeah, say. and that's that was from I mean from the get go. That's where I I feel like they really dropped the ball. Was just to that point was like, what are you? You know, tell me what you are. Well, we're a little this, we're a little that. It's like, no, no, no. Pick one. Stay in your lane and pick one. Because do you want to do one thing great? Or do you want to do a lot of things like, okay. The part, the the other part about kind of this, following this theme that we're going on to. The thing with Blumhouse is like, they've done this well before. Like Happy Death Day. Look at Freaky and Happy Death Day. Freaky. Those movies do this the right way. They do the... They are so comedy-ish type thing. That's like it's an it's an absurd situation, and we know it's an absurd situation. We are going to play it somewhat straight, and we'll help, and you'll be able to buy into that. But at the same time, we're going to have some levity, and it works. This one doesn't work at all. Like it, it, the, the 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 taking it serious and the levity just don't they don't work together. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do for me specifically, for me personally, is just is 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 just how they do it. Like, like again, yeah. a lot of the stupid sound effects, the montage, the music, the singing, the, the cutaways. Is, is all saying that four times. It's just so, well, right, she busts into song on like, I think four different occasions. It's, just, it's like, she's like a drunk at the local bar on karaoke yeah. night. Oh, and she no. just starts singing so, so fucking look at, titanium. Look at, look at, look at it this way. If, if, if the only singing that had happened was, you know, and maybe not in the same scene, maybe they did it a little differently, but when the girl finally breaks down and says, like, I'm struggling with the fact that I lost my yes. that's a Perfect. that's that's great. That is a great moment because you finally gonna get to see her, you know, be emotional about something that she has she's she's had to be strong about. And then at that point, if the doll's like, Well, I'm, I'm gonna make her feel better, I'm gonna sing her a song that maybe she likes, or maybe it's, it's a song that her mother used to sing to her at night. You know what I mean? Like tie it in yeah. that way. That would make sense, but like like you said, like the oh no, he's, he's like, like oh that kid. That I just kid, killed this. I just killed this kid. I am Titanium. Right, exactly. I, Zero I, reason for that to happen. And I did make a note that that scene where they're in like the test room with all the rich executives behind the glass yeah. watching them, and she starts singing, and it somehow by some miracle cheers the kid up. They all start like tearing and wiping their tears and like clapping. It made me think of like when the when the lockdown started, and, like all the celebrities were in their mega mansion singing. Yeah, right. Right. 
yeah, was like, oh, it's just, Beatles it's just so disingenuous and out of touch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last two little points I had, the hallway scene. I... Which one, you mean the one when 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 the, Mr. when she's Avery dancing when she's dancing? Oh, I love it. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I you've heard it. my thoughts. You've heard my thoughts the last hour, so I don't think I need to really dive into this. But I just, hold on, wait. What scene? I'm trying to remember what scene this is that she was dancing in. So she starts chasing the the boss. Okay, so it's whatever. the one. Yes. All right. Yes. And she yes. does like jujitsu flips or something, and then like grabs <laughs> oh, a yeah. paper shredder or yep. grabs one of the paper oh, clipper you mean, things. You, no, you mean you mean the the paper slicer. That yeah. nobody uses anymore. Yeah, like, from like 1994. It's shaped like a fucking katana. Yeah, yeah, we're grabs it. It turns into a sword. Something. <laughs> yeah, right. we're we're in a exactly. we're in a tech company that makes dolls for just under the price of a Tesla, but we're using fucking paper cutters in a random. Hey, you got to save where you can. You got a budget. Yeah. You got to save where you can. Um, I know who who on the staff who was writer screenwriter. Was is old enough to even know what one of those things, is. <laughs> right? And this is what I'm talking about. I swear to God, this movie was written by somebody that either is so old they don't know how computers work, or it was written by, um, like it's written by someone that like is of our like our generation or maybe even younger, and like they 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 get the technical thing and they're they're trying to make it look like it was written by. Someone well, I, who's from the 1940s. And I only say that half, half kiddingly. I mean, like, would anybody? I know you're saying half kidding, but I think I think you're being. No, I, I think mean, there's some level of truth yeah, there. Like, would anybody that's you know, uh, would even think to say, let's write that into the script? Like, it had to be somebody yeah. that's 60 years some, old, right? Somebody. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So it's, there's the problem with a lot of these movies sometimes is that they have too many writers. Like you have a screenwriter, but then you have like 15 other people that are like throwing ideas and punch ups and stuff. And who knows? I mean, they could be it's one of those deals where like they'll be shooting the scene and then someone's like, hey, you don't be great if she like broke off the handle of a fucking paper slicer that no one uses anymore. It's been used. Why? This is so ridiculous. Why would it be here? Like you just said, it's like a tech toy company in the 21st yeah, I can, century. Like, I can almost see the conversation where they're like, well, she's in exactly. the hallway of an office building. What kind right. of, what, she needs a weapon. What kind of weapons are in an office building? Right. And it's some guy who got into the industry in the 50s goes, yeah, exactly. well, she could just take a paper slicer. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's like, a what? A what now? <laughs> you mean scissors? Like, no, 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 no. This thing is, this thing is poor, a classified weapon. Some poor PA. More sense. <laughs> there's some poor PA running to every Staples in the county going, I have no idea what he's talking about. I can't yeah. find it. I don't, yeah. He's talking about a paper shredder. How is she going to use that? He's going to hit him with a fax machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, oh like, God. do that. Have her lift the entire copier up and just throw it. <laughs> and well, like, yeah, wish she's him. already superhuman. Like we've already established, yeah. she can basically lift anything, break anything. Yeah, she's nearly impossible to to kill. That's the other thing. It's like, why isn't somebody just like pour water on her? Like, like she's like signs. It's got to be a way to like. Where's Meryl when you need him from granted, signs? And granted, like I'm, I'm, I'm saying that facetiously because obviously they're not going to do that because it wouldn't make much of a movie if they did if they made her like super easy to kill. So the question is, what chicken and egg question? Do you think they like did that social media campaign, you know, that dance after they had that in the movie, or do you think? They oh, I'm sure. They, or no, I'm they sure they had it. it, it, it they the put movie. it in the movie yeah. just intentionally to have something to promote. Yeah, because because it's the TikTok I, generation. I think they had the 
dance in the movie and i think it hit so yeah. well and so you that think, was you think the dance, shining moment you think dance first and then monopolized it on social media yeah, probably. i well, think they knew who they were targeting saying, at that point somebody saying we're gonna do this just so we can oh yeah because yeah. remember i mean we're in the age of the 10 second clip now so everything is like a, is a reel or a tiktok so like that's so, kind of what they so seamus do you think they put it in the movie knowing they're going to use it for that of course yeah yeah one hundred percent. Yeah, I think they knew at that point who their audience was and what they do they do? They, do? they do TikTok. Do this movie. They didn't um, make this movie for Nick and I. I can tell you that yeah, because this movie was not made for the two of us. Played no part of the storyline. It made no sense to be there. No, no but I, it, but, it, yeah. but it's there. So because all of and again, I don't mean to, to offend, but all the Zoomers that are going to go see this movie, they put that in there specifically for them because. Again, it's the TikTok it's generation. Yeah. It's, it's what yep. they recognize. Right. That's where most of them probably heard about this movie from. Correct. Oh, right, exactly. I mean, a lot of that's where it definitely was, from, yeah. And I mean, the that's last... Where, that's where I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I watched it. I was on TikTok, and I was trying to, I was trying to learn that dance, and then I realized, right. it was, I realized it was from a movie. The last point that I put under my doesn't work, and I know we're still on my doesn't works, but I think we've kind of, <laughs> okay. I think this was a good list to kind of walk us through the movie. And if anybody has anything else after this, we can talk about it was the last fight where she gets like weed whacked and, or not weed whacked, but a, a trimmer in the oh, head. Yeah, and because it she's gives got her a the Chucky head look. trimmer in her workshop. Yeah. But it, it gives her, it gives Megan the Chucky look. It's the same look that Chucky oh, had yeah, in, in, the, in the following movies. Yep. So, and that's the, we, we, we mentioned earlier, was this movie, you know, directly made to fill that void of, you know, like a robotic girl Chucky. And I, I don't know if they put this part in to pay like homage to it or it just, it just felt on the nose for me. movie is an homage to Chucky. Yeah. I would say, especially in that moment, I think it's yeah. too much. It's too close of a coincidence to not yeah. know what you're doing, but I, I'd say that they did it. Yeah. As sort of like a nod to like, we know where we got this idea from. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I have for my did not work. Is there any other points for anybody that we didn't talk about already that necessarily didn't work for them? For me, like I said, I kind of got caught up in the story of like, okay, just the dynamics. But once I use that as like something to entertain me in the waiting room, I my the problem I had was is like it just went on too long before. Like if they had got if they had if they had been more violent earlier and went all in on the okay crazy doll like attacks everybody who threatens the kid, then it would have changed what I expected from the movie. So you know, the whole dynamic that I talked about, like that, that by, you know, that gave me something to do while I was waiting for the, the horror genre to kick in and it never did. So like that, that didn't work for me. Like if, if I was going into this, looking for the Chucky style of movie, it should have came earlier and been more prominent and it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think to conclude just sort of, if you wrap up everything, that's working against this movie. They actually addressed the problem themselves in the dialogue in the movie at one point when she's in the neighbor's shed and she's about to kill her. And the neighbor says, what are you? And Megan says, I've been asking myself that same question. I think that goes for the movie as a whole. Like, yeah. what are you? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. 
that was a long list. <laughs> so I think last, so we got two last little things to talk about. And what I put this as our a topic of the defining moment. So what scene or moment in this was most impactful in like your judgment of this movie? I have so, to pick one. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have to like, what was the one moment where you first were like, this is where my, Oops. my overall opinion on this movie is kind of, coming from and this is like the first moment that i knew how i felt about this movie and this i'll go first to give you the example and this was pretty close to the beginning and this is when megan took two markers and made about four lines on a blank piece of paper <laughs> and then ink that is only knocked over a water on it and was like and the girl's like oh i don't see anything she's like oh whoops and knocks the water over and it's like a the watercolor masterpiece of Katie, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" About that scene too. That again, it's something else. That something maybe small to everybody else. To me, it completely drove me nuts. Is when she knocks the water over, and David acts like, "Oh my god, this is the wor- this is such a failure." She's just been walking around talking to the little kid, and you're like, "That's what fucking bothers you about the movie." Yeah, he, she she hit because a water. She, she knocked a water glass over. But that that. Sorry, I keep when the reveal when the when the reveal of the the watercolor masterpiece with like the music like oh came on, I was like, this is this is exactly what this movie is going to be, and I and I at this point I know it. That was my my kind of defining moment moment that gave me my overall opinion of this. <laughs> I'm literally surprised you got that far into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I gave it a chance, but that was where I kind of hit my my defining moment. So. Let anybody else have next. those those yeah does <laughs> anybody else have those defining moments that kind of kind of encapsulate your overall opinion of this movie yeah so i mean i gotta say hands down the moment that made me decide okay yeah i really like this movie <laughs> and this might be a testament to just the theater i was in maybe yeah but the other biggest laugh in addition to the singing titanium the other biggest laugh that the room got was when the kid got hit by the car so I don't know. If, I don't know how many theaters. I don't know if you saw this movie in theaters, then you might have a completely different story. But it played for a great laugh in the room I was in, and we were loving it because by that movie, I think everybody collectively was just on board with like this movie can do no wrong. It's supposed to be campy and goofy and ridiculous. She fucking rips the kid's ear off like like Evander Holyfield, and then pushes him in front of a car. Like yeah, whatever. Why not kill the kid? Kill a dog? Do whatever, Megan. We're on your side. <laughs> so any other defining moments out there is there one that this is where you decided you liked or did not like this movie well it's not where i decided whether i liked it or not but yeah it's it's indicative of the film especially after all of us talking about it was the scene where the detective is like questioning them about the kid being run over and the detective is this weird ass (laughs) almost character he's like weirdly like chewing some gum half interested half disinterested he like he's a great character but he wandered into the wrong set of the movie there was some other like comedy like really shtick detective movie and he wandered in and he's like now in the middle of what they portrayed as like the serious dynamic between ai and the girl and the grief and the the all the things that's going on and this 
almost airplane like character comes in, you know, <laughs> and it's like, what is it? It's a car crash, a car crash, you know, and he's like chewing the gum and he's like half serious and then he leaves and there's nothing more made of it. Yep. And that's when you just nothing think, <laughs> that's when you just realize that there's a bunch of random shit just thrown together in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So Seamus, what was your uh, you your you defining another, moment? You want another part of the movie where I was just like, the, nope, the titles, the credits. On. Nope, nope. It's when uh, she's showing her how her robot that she built in college works, and when the little girl asks, "How does he work?" She looks at the girl straight face and says, "Are you sure you want to know? It might freak you out." And I question to myself, "Why would it freak her out? She's a seven-year-old kid who looks like she's 14. It's a robot. It's not like if she, if she, if she it's not your murder doll. She saw her face. She saw her parents. If she if she pulled the face off of the robot and there was like like a fucking men in black alien in there, I would I would understand how that would make sense. But I, the moment that line happened, that hit that line that was taken as if supposed to be taken straight, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I, I, nothing. Well, I just nothing. realized that we went this deep into this and we didn't give Bruce his props yet. Uh, right. Yeah, well, Bruce. So Bruce. Exactly. The unsung Bruce. hero. He's brought up Bruce hero. and he is the unsung hero. Which which has Iron Man sound effects over it. It was like, pachink! Well, right. Again, it's another thing okay. with those crazy sound effects, which obviously they were doing for a reason. And like, it was powered by, by the Nintendo Power Glove. But... <laughs> Yeah, that when she said that to the little girl, I was like, "That doesn't. That makes who who wrote this movie? Did a computer write this movie? Because that no one says that." Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was yeah, that was the point in, in this movie where I was just like, "No, I think I'm uh, I think I'm good." All right, so before we jump off on this, we're going to go through our fear and beer rankings. So if you are unfamiliar with our killer review segments, our fear and beer rankings. Our fear is how scary was this movie? One through five. And our beer is how much did you enjoy this movie one through five? So we'll go through the fear ratings first. I'll kick it off. The fear rating for me, I'll give it a zero. There was no part in this where I was ever saying that this is a scary, I'm I'm afraid movie. There was some tension, but for me, I don't view that as like scary. Uh, Kevin? Yes, the fear. The- the the fear the fear is probably a zero. It this wasn't a horror film, um, so that I mean maybe I could give it a point five for the the creepy the creepy running that we talked about and then yeah, uh, yeah so it's a it's a zero for fear. Zero for fear. All right, Seamus. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be fair to it and give it point two five. Okay, zero point two five for a couple scenes where the doll looked kind of creepy in the darkness. Otherwise, yeah, there's nothing in here. There was one, there was, there was, let me take that back. I'll give it a 0.5, kind of like Kevin. The reason for that is there is one effective jump scare in this movie. One singular effective jump scare in this movie is when they pull into the driveway and you see it coming a mile away, but it still gets you is the dog jumping up in the window barking. Yeah. Other than that, Uh, yeah, there's nothing about this movie that's scary or affecting in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, Chris, for your fear ranking. Yeah, I, I'm just going to give it a hard zero. This movie's not yeah. scaring anybody. I don't think it's supposed to. It's, you know, like yeah. I said, like if you've ever seen Tucker sure. and Dale versus Evil, it's the oh, yeah. it's, it's like same it. kind of experience where it's like it's there's a whole discussion to be had about the philosophy of what qualifies as horror because it is a horror movie with really no scary parts, really, yeah. when you think about it. So 
All right. So down you haven't to noticed that most of the movies we talk about, I'm pretty sure most of them don't get a high scary. We don't get a lot of scary. Movies. We don't watch a lot of movies that are super scary. <laughs> we have to. We have to tie it. We will tie it in at some point. But obviously, with horror nights coming up shortly, we'll be trying to dive into some of those properties. And I'll be excited once that new Insidious movie hits uh, theaters to yeah. see what that's all about. So our beer ranking. So how much did you enjoy this? I'll kick yep. it off. I will give it a 0.5, which I think is generous. Uh, Kevin. I think I'm going with a solid three. I I okay. accepted it for what it was and went went along for the ride. You know, it's kind of yeah. like a, it's kind of like when you're in the waiting room of the dentist and the TV yeah. show on is like fairly enjoyable. So it's like it's not it's not I don't want to be here, but I am, so I'm going to enjoy it. All right, okay, Seamus. <sighs> All right. So the funny answer is, can I give it a negative three? <laughs> if the sure, answer is, why not? It's our show. The, it's our rankings. The answer he's, trying, is no. he's trying to. He's just trying to negate my three. I think. If, if the, <laughs> the answer is no, I can't be funny. Then, yeah, unfortunately, I'm. I can't give it a. I can't give it a score. I can't score it fairly because I, I didn't enjoy this movie whatsoever. Now, look, I want everyone to rem- remember that's listening. This this does not color your opinion. This is my opinion. I don't like the movie for whatever you know. All the reasons described. Uh, if I had to score it anything, I think giving it a zero point five is is too generous. So that I'll I'll go with what Nick gave it, but in my heart of hearts, I can't truly score this movie because I don't I'll think it's fair. I'll like, put I, you as a zero. You can put me down as a zero. It's fine because that's, that's literally how I feel. Like it's, there's nothing about this movie redeeming for me. There's nothing about this movie that I will ever go back to and watch it again. I just, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. There's a lot of things I'm upset about, about this movie. And partially because, you know, I think we said it in the beginning about HHN, the possibility that's coming to HHN that really even more now bothers me. But besides the fact, I, yeah, this is movie, this movie is a, it's lucky to even get a zero. Yeah. Uh, Chris, for your beer ranking. I mean, obviously, I just, have to give it a five. This was a blast. First five ever. No I'm one's given give anything five. Let me give this five beers, which ironically I think is how many beers you should drink to properly enjoy this movie. Yeah, because starts. Because if you go into it not holding it to any sort of standard of what is this movie trying to be, and like yeah. if you're not trying to critique the movie in any way, and you just want to throw something on and have fun, it does that perfectly, and that's what I love so much about it. I could tear it apart even worse than we already did, but I like <laughs> turned I turned that part of my brain off as soon as I sat down in the seat because I knew it was going to be that kind of movie, and I was able to really enjoy it. So, yeah, I will. the The one last thing I will say about it is I do. I, to your point, I do think this would be more enjoyable going in with a group of people, a lot of beers deep, and just almost Rocky Horror picturing in this thing, yeah, and just you know, hooting and hawing. But then I get pulled back, and I'm like, I just don't know if that's what it wants me to do. So I just can't. I don't. I don't know. I'm left confused and angry. So <laughs> that's what I got from that is our our discussion on Megan or Hey well to all my fellow Reagan. all my fellow Megan lovers out there. You're heard. I'm out here representing us. I'm gonna keep my <laughs> ear to the grapevine for the big sequel. The Megazan the Meganessance is coming. 
We're gonna be. Oh, it's, it's the next. It's the next franchise for sure. It's the true, the true MCU, the Megan Cinematic Universe. It's gonna make a megillion dollars. Universe. Not I have universe. a feeling there's a lot more people out there that liked this than didn't like it. I think. I mean, there are. It, the it clearly, it clearly is a, a well liked movie. We're that totally going to lose fans because you we well I mean. People don't. People like to listen to us to, sh- to shit on things and then make fun of us. We bitch about a lot of stuff, so we're good. But, I mean, to be totally honest, before we, one last thing I want to say. I mean, this on, and, and I say this one hundred percent with a straight face. That if if this truly is something coming to Horror Nights this year, I'm actually more disappointed than I was initially. Me too. Yeah, because me too. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on board with that. Because you're telling me we're going. We're, we're basically getting one and a half Chucky houses, and that. To me, that's lazy. And yep. if even if they had to do it because they have some sort of deal at Blumhouse, find other properties. Because that's yep. if you're gonna have if you're gonna waste our time with an entire Chucky house and then have half a house be Megan, which is basically McGucky, because it's really what this is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. And the thing is, at least Chucky had a reason to do what he did because he's the fucking soul of a serial killer in a doll. Yeah, this is just some AI that some super smart nerd girl decided to make for her for her for. Her, her niece and and yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it bothers me a little bit but who knows i guess we can't really say anything yet because it hasn't been confirmed but i don't know we will see all right well any other closing thoughts or opinions before we close this chapter on megan once and for all i think seamus has summed it up (laughs) 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 well that was a lot to unravel so thank you for joining us for that little megan edition until next time, this is Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. This is uh, this is uh, this is this is your disappointed boy. <laughs> this is Kevin. <laughs> and Chris is somewhere in there. All right, happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out. Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.